Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to the King's House Podcast. We're a non-denominational church located in McAllister, Oklahoma, reaching and serving those in our community and around the world. We believe that church is not something you go to, but a family you belong to. And a house is just a house until the family's there. Then the house becomes a home. So today we want to say, welcome home, as we jump into today's service. house. How are we doing today? Anybody excited to be in God's house this morning? God's so good. Uh, Pastor Josh came walking down the ramp just a few seconds ago. He's like, Mark, this is just really different. Like, it's not bad. It's just weird. It's just different. And like, yeah, it is, man. It's, it's just, it's a little different. And it's, it's a little uncomfortable to do things differently. But, but I promise you guys, uh, in a few weeks, you're going to look back and you're going to be like, man, I'm so thankful, Pastor Mark, that we, we did things a little differently. We got a little intentional. I mean, as you know, usually when the, when the countdown hits zero, the lights come on and the praise team starts and Johnny B's melting our face off with some guitar lick. And I mean, it's, I love it so much. Uh, but we're just being really intentional during this series called Back to the Start, that that's what we do, that we just, we get back to the start, that we get back to the basics. And I want to be so intentional to make sure that the main thing is the main thing. I mean, we're all here because of Jesus, right? I mean, that, that's why we're here. And, and I, I don't want you to come to the King's house and hear great music and see lights and an incredible production and miss Jesus through that process. Like, that's my fear. When you come to the king's house, I want you to see and hear and meet with a man named Jesus, guys. I don't have anything good to offer whatsoever. I mean, so, again, I don't know, maybe another couple weeks. Hopefully, it kind of makes me a little bit uncomfortable, too. But, man, I just feel like it's so important, guys, that we take this time just to really evaluate and uh, check our hearts and make sure that he is the center of everything that we do, the reason why we do everything that we do. I, I said it last week, but it's so, so true, and I just want to remind you of it. We are going to worship here in just a few minutes. It's going to look very different, but I, Jesus wants to be found. I mean, he, he does. We talked about it last week, of, of playing hide-and-seek with my grandma and her making it exceptionally easy for me to find her. And then when I couldn't find her, she would give me little clues to help me find her. The object wasn't like, how well can he hide, right? I mean, Jesus wants to be found. Jesus wants you to find him more than you want to find him. He desires a relationship with you. He desires for you to know him. He desires for you to experience him more than you or I could ever fathom wanting that our, ourselves. He wants to be found, right? So I think it's important to, to point out that uh, it's all about our pursuit in finding him. Our pursuit has nothing to do really with where we look because he's God and he's everywhere. I mean, I've had some powerful experiences with God in my shower. 
I have. I've had some powerful experiences with the Lord in my car, at work. I mean, he's God. And so it's not really the where you look for God. Friends, it's all about the how you look for God. Come on, somebody. I mean, it's all about your heart in the pursuit. He wants to be found. You can find him anywhere, everywhere. But it's all about how you are pursuing him, friends. So would would you just stand with me this morning? Uh, I want to remind you of just a couple things before we uh, dive into worship, uh, I want to strongly, strongly, strongly encourage you, whatever you need to do this morning to eliminate distractions, whatever you need to do this morning to help focus your heart, your affections, your attention completely on Jesus. I know that with my ADD personality that I have to close my eyes if I'm going to effectively worship Jesus. Otherwise, I'm going to be squirrel. I mean, some, some, some noise is going to happen, some kids, gonna, I mean, I'm so distracted. So I have to close my eyes to eliminate distractions, to really, 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 really focus on Jesus. I want to encourage you to really surrender your heart to Jesus this morning. That is what worship is, King Souse. Come on, somebody. Wake up a little bit. Say amen this morning. That is what worship is. It's your acknowledging that he is bigger, that he is better, that he is smarter. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. That's what worship is. God, I don't understand, and I don't have to understand. It's my job to trust. You surrender your heart. That's why I always encourage us in worship, hey, lift those hands as you worship. Do you have to lift your hands when you worship? Of course not. I've been all over the world. I preached the gospel on five continents. Every place that I've been doesn't, didn't matter the language, the culture, the, the bizarre things that they do. If somebody was to pull a gun on any of those people anywhere you are on planet Earth, their first reaction is always the same. It's the universal sign of surrender. That's why it's important to, it helps posture ourselves like this is the appropriate response in worship. God, I'm surrendering to you. You're so much bigger. You're so much greater. You're so much more powerful. Yes. And last week I encouraged you and I want to encourage you again this morning. He's not Santa Claus. It's all about how we pursue him. Here's the secret. If you want to get things from him, then don't ask for them. Does that make sense? When, when you approach Jesus as if he's Santa Claus, God, I need this, this, this. Would you mind doing this, 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 this? Man, that really doesn't awaken his heart. That really doesn't move him in any way, shape, or form. So I want to encourage you this morning, don't ask for anything. He already knows everything you need before you ever even ask for it. He's a really good father, man. He knows what you need. His eye is on you. He watches you. He is with you. But if you approach him with this heart and this attitude, God, I'm not asking for anything. God, I just want you. God, I just want to know you. God, I just want to pour out my love and my praise and my worship. God, you deserve everything. God, I didn't come here this morning to see what I could get from you. God, I came here this morning to see how much of myself I could give to you. Because, Jesus, you've already given me everything, friends. If he never does one more thing for you until the day you die, you all have more than enough reasons to worship him for all of eternity, King's House. He's worthy of our worship and our praise. So, would you bow your heads with me this morning? Would you go to that next slide, Lee? Lord Jesus, we love you so much. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. 
we make an intentional decision right now. God, we didn't come here to see what we could get from you. God, we came here today to see how much of our love and our praise and our worship we could give to you, Jesus. God, we are going to lift our hands. God, we are going to lift our voices. God, we are going to make sure this morning that you are the center of it all, that you are the main thing, Jesus. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody say it. Sing with me this morning as we worship King's House.
Jesus when we been there ten thousand years bright shining as the sun we've no less days to sing God's praise than we My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns unending love. And grace. Mm, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Whoa. Come on, every voice. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God, 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 praise God. Come on, sing it again, lift your voice. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. so lost but now I'm found was blind but now I see your love has rescued me thank you Lord thank you Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on, just lift those hands this morning. I want you to think about where would you be today if it wasn't for God's amazing grace? Where would you be today if it wasn't for his amazing love, his forgiveness, his faithfulness, his goodness, his kindness? Where would you be today, church? Man, just lift those voices today. Thank him for his grace, for his love, for his goodness, for his kindness, for every blessing that he's given you. Jesus, we're thankful, God. We can't thank you enough, Jesus. We can't praise you enough, Jesus. God, we are here for one purpose today, God, that is to lift up your precious name to make sure that you receive the praise and the glory and the honor and the worship that you're so deserving of, Jesus. We love you, we love you, we love you. We thank you, Jesus.
take joy, take joy, my King, yeah. in what you hear, may it be a sweet, sweet sound. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Just 
every hand raised Jesus I love you Jesus I love you Jesus 
time lift your voice Jesus I love you my Jesus I you are everything to us the center of it all we love you we praise you we thank you we worship you this morning in Jesus name everybody said can we give God some praise this morning church come on give him some praise hey give a couple high fives to somebody near you before you sit down this morning that you can know God. How incredible that little old you can have a relationship with the creator of the universe, man. It is a profound truth that you were created for a relationship, an intimate relationship with God. It's actually your calling. It is your purpose in life. Mark Hennon is not the lead pastor of the King's House. He's not a worship leader. He's not a go down the list of everything I've ever done in my life. I'm called to be a full-time lover of Jesus Christ. I have a singular purpose in life to know him and to make him known. My assignment has changed numerous times just like yours, but every person in this room, you're called to be a full-time lover of Jesus. Your purpose is to know him and to make 
him known. Come on, somebody. The title of the message this morning is Real Relationships. It's actually one of our core values, but it is essential if we're going to go back to the start. This truth is found in, in, in I want to give you some foundation in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It says this, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Three times in one verse, this noun is a plural noun. This is the first glimpse that we get that God is a trinity. The God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have always existed. They were in the beginning. We get this glimpse of this in the first chapter of the book. We see, we see this even further revealed in so much more clarity in chapters like John chapter 14, where Jesus is on earth. He's praying to his heavenly Father, asking his heavenly Father to send the Holy Spirit. God is a relationship. You need to know this. That's, that is who he is. So in, living in so much unity, literally one mind, one heart, one purpose, so closely related that, they're all, that they are inseparable. Three people became one. God is a relationship. This is the image that you were created in, friends. It's important to, to realize this this morning. You were created by relationship for relationship. God is a relationship. It's out of that that you were created, and you were created for relationship. This is a two-dimensional relationship, created, like I talked about last week, created to have a relationship with God, to know him, but also created to have a relationship with each other. You're created by relationship for relationship. And as we come back to the start, yes, we, we have to understand it's paramount that Jesus is the center of it all. It's paramount that it's all about Jesus. It's paramount to understand that we can know God. If you're not having a relationship with him, you are missing the entire point of Christianity. This is back to the start, back to the basics. But the functionality of us being Christians the functionality of us knowing, uh, growing in God, growing in our maturity, growing as disciples. Friends, we have to have relationships for that. It's essential. Consider this. As, as we look back at the New Testament and the first church, consider this. How essential relationships are. The first church had no Bible. Have you ever thought about that before? The first church did not have a Bible this did not come for hundreds of years. A Bible didn't exist. Three things the first church really had. First, a relationship with the Holy Spirit. God sent this guy. He said, it's more important that I send him. It's better if I go because I'm sending you somebody. He sent us the Holy Spirit. That's all they had. Think about it. He's the one that led them. He's the one that guided them. He's the one that taught them, that brought them into all truth. That living, breathing relationship with the Holy Spirit was vitally important to the first church. Just because we have a Bible today doesn't mean that that lessens or diminishes his value or his purpose in our lives, friends. We still need the Holy Spirit living and working in our lives today. Come on. They had the Holy Spirit. They had an occasional letter from an apostle. Paul would write a letter to the church. Oh, man, the church would be ecstatic. They would gather around. They would read the letter. They would copy the letter. They would distribute the letter. These letters are what became our New Testament. So they had the Holy Spirit. They had an occasional letter from an apostle in the midst of persecution, 
in the midst of torture, in the midst of, of people giving their lives for the gospel every single day, in the midst of their lives being completely uprooted, scattered all over the known world, hated, despised, going through things that you and I can't even begin to imagine. There was one other huge key element that they had, and that was each other, friends. They had each other, a Holy Spirit and occasional letter and each other. And that's how the gospel spread to the entire known world. Friends, we need each other. Look at your neighbor this morning saying, man, I need you. I'm so thankful for technology. I am. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It hates me. Never cooperates with me. But I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that you can be on vacation and still watch the king's house. I'm thankful that if you're sick or you have to miss a few Sundays, you can tune in and you can watch and you can still stay up with what's going on at the church. But friends, we're making a huge mistake if we ever think that watching online is a replacement for church. It is not a replacement for church. A wonderful benefit, but it's not a replacement for church. Let me ask you this question. Can that computer screen pray for you? Can that computer screen hug you? Can it cry with you? Can it stand with you when you're going through hell? Absolutely not. It can't, friends. Listen, Craig Rochelle is one of the great communicators of our time, one of the great church builders of our time. I love listening to his sermons. He takes these complex scriptures and simplifies them and makes them so life applicable. He's grown one of the largest churches on planet Earth. I love Craig Rochelle. He's awesome. But let me tell you something. If you're in the hospital if your marriage has fallen apart, if you've lost a loved one, Craig Rochelle will not be there for you. He won't be, friends. You need your church family. You need relationships. It is paramount. If we're going to come back to the start, back to the basics, and evaluate what is this Christian life really all about, relationships with your brothers and sisters in Christ is in the middle of that, friends. Well, Pastor Mark, listen, yeah, you can clap. That's good preaching. It is. Pastor Mark, you don't understand. I've been hurt in church. I've just had some bad experiences. I get it, man. I have too. I, I, I hate it. You, I say it all the time. The reason people don't want to go to church is because they've been to church. I mean, it's the truth. I hate what some of the church stands for and what some of the church does and, and the guilt and the condemnation and the legalism. It's garbage. I hate it. But the truth is, is that you've been hurt by many relationships. Every person in this room has had a bad breakup, a bad divorce. It didn't stop you from dating. You've all had bad experiences. You have. You've all gone to a restaurant and got bad food and bad service. I can look around this room. You are still eating out, all of you. None of you missing meals. You didn't give up. I'm never eating out again. I had a bad experience. Heck no. You're eating out, man. No, no, you don't understand. The pastor was abusive to me. He didn't appreciate me. I was manipulated. I was used. I was, yes. I, 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 me too. I mean, I can identify with all those things. But the truth is, you've all had bosses who were verbally, mentally abusive to you. You've all had bosses. You've all had bosses that didn't appreciate you. You were overworked. You were underpaid. You were manipulated and talked into doing all sorts of things that you didn't want to do. So you quit your job. You are still working. You just found a different job. It's no different in church. There is no such thing as a perfect church, people. And if you ever find a perfect church, I suggest you leave quickly because you done messed it up, man. You messed it up. 
as long as there are people involved, there are going to be mistakes and shortcomings and hurts and offenses. That's part of life because we are broken people, but that doesn't negate the fact that we need each other. We have to have real relationships within the body of Christ, friends. Acts chapter 4 says this. I mean, revival's breaking out. Thousands of people are getting saved. The Holy Spirit's come to to earth on the day of Pentecost. Joel 2 came to life that day. Listen, all the believers were one in mind and heart. How beautiful. Selfishness was not a part of their community. For they shared everything they had with one another. This is how the first church lived. I can already see some of you getting uncomfortable. He's talking about money. He's talking about my possessions. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? I'm not that guy. Yes, come, children. Sell your possessions. Lay your money at my feet. Drink the Kool-Aid. It's fine. Everybody's doing it. Come on. Yes. No. Contrary to what many people in the community say about me, this is not a cult. I'm not a cult leader. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about possessions. I'm talking about everything else in your life that you could be sharing that could be making a profound impact on people all around you in the kingdom of God as a whole that you're refusing to share because you're afraid of some kind of hurt. That's what I'm talking about. Let me give you just a few examples. You could absolutely be sharing your time. It's one of the greatest gifts you can give to people. Nothing makes them feel more valuable and have more worth than to share your time with you can share your time you can share your hearts every person in this room can share your heart can give of your love you're capable of doing that letting people into your life you can share that the world is in desperate need of your love in your heart you can share your mistakes it's one of the greatest things you can share they can act as a roadmap to somebody else's life here's what i did here's what you shouldn't do here's my mistakes look at them You can share your scars. Look, I've been through some rough roads, but God has healed me and restored me. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you too. Don't be afraid to share those scars with people. Man, share your life with people. Somehow we have to make this bigger. Man, you guys are great about inviting people to church. It's incredible. I mean, you're rock stars. But somehow we got to shift our thinking just a little bit. I'm not inviting somebody to a church. I'm not inviting somebody to a building. I'm inviting somebody into my life. I mean, the the church isn't a building. The church is a family of believers that we welcome people into. There's a reason every single Sunday we say, welcome home. That's what this is. It's a family of believers, and there's room for more, man. Let people into your lives. This is what Christianity is. It's not showing up, seeing a couple songs, hearing a sermon, and going about your, it's about doing life together, sharing everything with each other. Come on, somebody. I'm moving quickly this morning. We have to have real relationships. And I want to give you some very practical advice today about how you can pave the way to some relationships. Man, this is very practical, not overly spiritual, but at the same time, very, very spiritual principles here, all right? You ready to pave the way to a, a, a real relationship? Here we go. Number one, P stands for proximity. This is the lowest form of relationship that exists, but sadly enough, this is where so many relationships start and end. Listen, being in close physical proximity, like I can be close to Josh and not at all be close to Josh. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but we're masters at that. We're not great at uh, 
relationship, we're great at carrying conversation. Josh, how are things going, man? Oh, man, they're, they're going good. Man, that's all. Boy, it's been hot, hadn't it? Woo, yeah. But yesterday was a little better, but it was humid. Boy, it was humid, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You get that deer feeder up yet? You getting any pictures? Any, any go? I mean, I mean, these are the conversations that we have. The weather, football's coming up, man, September something, boom, or sooner. Like, we talk about football, we talk about hunting, we, we talk about fishing. Nobody really tells me where they hunt, per se, because that's pretty serious business here in McAllister. I'm available to sit in anybody's deer stand anytime you want me to, by the way. I'm available. I'll make time. But we have those types of conversations, and we walk away and say, oh, man, man, Josh is my boy. He's one of my best friends. I'm telling you, me and Josh are close. Are you, though? I mean, you know he likes to fish, you know he likes to hunt, you know he doesn't like hot, humid weather. What's he going through? What's he struggling with? What's he praying for? How's his marriage doing? How's his family doing? How's his walk with the Lord? You have no freaking clue because you've been satisfied with just being within proximity of somebody. And if we're going to have real relationships, we got to push past proximity and look for something so much deeper in a relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And all God's people said... All right. Hey, man, you got to be available and you got to be accessible. Listen, it is impossible, and I know this is common sense, but it's impossible to have a relationship with somebody that you can't ever talk to. You can't. You have to be available. You have to make time for relationships. It's the only way that they ever happen. Now, listen, we need to have some realistic expectations. There is only 24 hours in the day. Seven days in a week, I physically can't be best friends with every person that calls the king's house home. I can't do that, right? But I will make time for you. It might take me two or three weeks to get you scheduled in the calendar. I will make time for you. But let me give you this very strong suggestion. Because I think what happens so many times within the church is we're over here and like, boy, I wish I could just feel more involved. I wish I could just feel more included. Like, boy, I wish so-and-so would just... Invite me over for lunch or dinner or let go watch a movie or, and meanwhile, so-and-so is over here saying like, boy, I just, I don't really feel that involved. I don't really feel that engaged. Boy, I wish so-and-so would just invite me to lunch or breakfast or dinner or go watch a movie or, and, and everyone's thinking the exact same thing and nobody's doing it. So nothing ever gets done. Let me give you some of the best advice I could ever give you on a real relationship. Be the initiator. Be the initiator. Friends, I've pastored here for four years. I can probably count on one hand, but most certainly I can count on two hands, how many homes that I've been invited to to hang out. That's just, a, not, listen, that isn't like, oh, poor Pastor Mark, and I'm going to get like 50 text messages later, like, hey, you want to come over? No. Okay, that, that's, I'm trying to just prove a point to you, though, that in the course of four years, again, one, probably for sure two hands I can count. However, over the course of four years, I have literally had hundreds of people in my home. Hundreds, hundreds of people in my home. Why? I'm the initiator, man. I love people. I value relationship. If I want to get to know you, guess what? I'm going to invite you to do something. It's not rocket science, friends. You can do that. Be the initiator of relationships. Listen, we have to get past these excuses of, well, my, my house isn't big enough. My, my things aren't nice enough. My, you know, we, we, we allow the enemy to give us all these. They're not going to want to come to my house. They're, they're going to judge me. They're, no, they're not. That's a lie of the enemy. Listen. Six years ago, Eric and I left our dream home in Seminole. We bought a literal shanty in Krebs. Literal 
shanty falling down all around. I mean, it was a shanty. Now, we, we loved it and we cared for it and we, we, it turned into a nice little place, 900 square foot little shanty. The living room had enough room for one tiny little couch that three people could squeeze in on and one little bitty love seat. That was the entirety of the, the living room. The kitchen was so small, the dining room, had to, the dining room was so small that the table had to stay against the wall until you actually wanted to use it. Then you had to pull it out into the middle of the room because you couldn't get around the other side of the daggum table, right? I had dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of people in that home. We had entire youth events at the home. We called it Pack the Shack. It's the truth. It's the truth. Listen, I had business owners. I had people worth millions of dollars. I had doctors. I mean, you name it. They were all inside my little shanty in Krebs. And we ate dinner and we laughed and we talked and we played games. And not one person cared how small my house was. Man, and if they do care how small your house is, you probably don't want a relationship with them anyways. Come on, man, be the initiator. Be available to have a relationship. Take it one step further. You can be available and not be accessible. You need to be accessible. Ever gone to to lunch with somebody and you just feel like you're playing 20 questions? How's life? Oh, man, life's good, life's good. Yeah, life's good. Man, that's great. How's work? Oh, work's good. Hot, it's good. How's the family? Oh, man, kids are great. Busy. It's good, it's great, it's great. How's, uh, it's so, be accessible. Be willing to let people in a little bit. But in order to do that, you have to be vulnerable. My my next point, the V for Pave is you have to be vulnerable, friends. And this is a big one. This is where most of us kind of lose track a little bit because you got to be real and authentic, you can't have a real relationship with a fake persona. You, you, I mean, you, 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 you got to be real. I know maybe a lot of places you won't hear this, but I encourage this, and I can't encourage this enough, at the king's house. I'm going to say until as long as I'm the pastor of the king's house, it's okay to not be okay. I mean, I, I lived years of my life in torment and misery trying to pretend that everything was okay because that's what was expected of me when everything was not okay. Friends, this is what relationships is for, to come alongside somebody when things aren't okay, right? Pretending that everything is okay doesn't help anybody. If you're going to go through hell, at least make some good come out of that. Think about the first time that Jesus revealed himself to the disciples after he resurrected. They're all in the room. They're scared to death. Jesus walked through the wall like a ghost. They're like, snap. First thing he does, look at these scars. Touch them. Look. This is where I've been, man. This is me. I'm not afraid to let you touch me. I'm not afraid to let you see my scars. Friends, it's okay to not be okay. You, you, you have to embrace that reality. You, ha- you have to know that as you get closer to people, you are going to see their flaws. Okay? you you, you got to know that. I know from the back row, I probably look like I'm about 150 pounds, probably 25 years old, ripped to shreds handsome as charming as can be I mean but the closer you get to me this morning you're going to realize that's actually more like a buck 90 and uh, he's got wrinkles on his eyes like he's about 70 always these huge black circles under my eyes like Erica beats me she might actually occasionally but the closer you get to me you're going to see those faults those those flaws you're going to see those faults this is the risk of being vulnerable 
You, you have to be willing. Yes, listen, listen. I don't think I need to tell you this. I'm a deeply flawed individual. I, I, I have massive struggles in my life still. There's things that I, that I battle through every single day. You have the choice to know Sunday morning on stage, Pastor Mark, who can encourage you and who can inspire you. Or you can get to know Monday morning, Pastor Mark, who's, who's willing to get into the dirt with you, my friends, who's willing to let you see my flaws and my shortcomings. Listen, you can't be disappointed. You can't think less. Pastor Mark really has some faults. Like, that's wildly disappointing to me, man. Friends, the closer I get to you, guess what I'm going to see? Your flaws, your shortcomings. Newsflash, you have them too. So how about we just choose to like see past each other's flaws and to see the uh, eternal value that exists in each and every one of our lives and say like, man, I need a relationship with this person. Well, whoa, Pastor Mark, this is risky, man. Whoa. I mean, you're, you're talking about being vulnerable, authentic, real, really letting people see your faults, your flaws. Don't you know that people can use those against you to hurt you? There is a 1,000% guarantee that if you live authentically, if you live inside the realm of a real relationship, you will be hurt. I mean, take that check to the bank and cash it. You, there, there, there's a 1,000% guarantee, but there's also a 1,000% guarantee that you will grow slower, that you will miss out on unbelievable opportunities, and you will miss out on some of the best that life has to offer if you choose to not live within real relationships. That's a guarantee too, friends. It is. I've been hurt so badly. I've been betrayed so many times. I've been talked about, I've been lied about, I've experienced all those things within the context of being real and authentic and vulnerable. But I've also found the deepest, most profound, most rewarding treasures that life has to offer within the context of a real relationship. Friends, I understand that there is a risk involved in living this way, but I'm here to tell you today that the reward far supersedes any risk involved. I, I, I refuse to live any other way, friends. Let me tell you something. Life is too short. And it is too precious and valuable to live your days hiding behind walls that you've constructed in fear that you're going to be hurt. That's no way to live your life. I choose every single day I'm going to love deeply. I'm going to give of myself freely. I'm not going to allow people to know me fully. I, that's the choice I make every day. Knowing full well, I'm going to be hurt over and over and over and over and over. And I don't care though. I refuse to let what's wrong with you change what's right about me. And I choose real relationships, friends. I choose it. I hear pastors all the time say, well, being a pastor is just a, just a long, lonely road. <laughs> you just feel so isolated and nobody understands and nobody gets it. And I have no clue what you're talking about. I'm surrounded by people that love me, that pray for me, that not only tolerate me, but celebrate me, that cheer me on. That I'm surrounded by people. Listen, I've had to go through a whole lot of pain to gain that in my life, but I wouldn't trade any of it, man. If that pain produced a Josh Timmons and a Blake Jennings and a Chris Meek and a Josh Landry and a Tony Runyon and a Kent Crawford, if that pain produced those men in my life, baby, bring on the pain because those relationships are worth it. If you're lonely all the time, you're doing something terribly wrong. 
Lastly, but not least, our relationships need an expression. Every relationship has to have this common goal, this thing that you're pushing towards. I think that's what's so unique about a church relationship. Listen, if you find business partners that don't really care about making money, they're not being very successful. Oh, we might make a little money, we might not. Like, well, not, not, what, what brings people together is this common goal. If you're in business, you wanna make money, right? I mean, find any sports team, they can look past each other's shortcomings, they don't see differences as flaws. They see differences as strengths, right? Because there is one goal in mind. We want to win championships. So it causes these conglomerate of people from all these different walks of life to come together, to work together, to push together, because we got one common goal in with freaking win. It's the same way within the church body. All these different walks of life. All these different social statuses, financial statuses, all our, our, our past are so different. And yet we can unite under one banner, right? One common goal, to know Jesus and to make him known. We have this great commission to carry the gospel to every creature on planet earth. That's why we do what we do, people. And I'm telling you, you can't do it on your own. We are so much better together. There is nothing that we can accomplish when we come together in genuineness, in authenticity, understanding that we have flaws and failures, but also understanding that we have different strengths and giftings and talents that we need when we come together. There's nothing that this church can accomplish. I'm telling you this morning, church, you are here on purpose. You are. You absolutely matter. Your gifts, your talents may look very different than mine. You may, they may express themselves very differently, but I need you in my life. And the body of Christ needs those gifts. Man, it needs those callings and those giftings and those anointings. I believe that for a time such as this, today, July, whatever it is today, today, you've been brought into the kingdom of God for a time such as this. You matter and you are important and the body of Christ needs you to plug in. The body of Christ needs you to be authentically you, to build relationships and say, God, here's my gifts. Where do you want to use them, man? I'm ready to get on board and make a difference on planet earth. I guess that's my cue. It's time to stop preaching. (laughs) And all God's people said. <laughs> Would you bow your head with me this morning? I actually was done, so that's a that's a win. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh Lord, I love you so much. God, would you give every heart in this room the bravery today to live out loud? The bravery to be authentically and genuinely who you've called them to be. And God, would you let us see each other, not not with our differences, not with our shortcomings and our flaws, but would you let us see each other as those differences are strengths. Those differences are assets. God, would you help us to push past the fear of being hurt, of being disappointed, of being betrayed. And God, would you cause us to see the unbelievable reward and value that living in real relationship produces in our lives. I lied to you. I want to read to you one more scripture. It's in Psalms chapter 133. Can we put it up there, guys? Maybe. There we go. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. 
It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. This is important for there. Where's, where's there that this scripture is talking about? It's, it's not a place. There is this, this spirit and heart of unity. For there, the Lord bestows his blessing and even life evermore. There in unity, there in real relationship. If you want to walk in the, the blessings of God in a whole other level, to find more purpose and value in your life on a whole other level, choose to live in unity and relationship. It's there he bestows his blessing. Amen. I love you so much, King's House. God bless you guys. Have a great week. See you Sunday morning. Thanks for joining our podcast today. If you are ever in need of prayer or wish to speak to a pastor, please email us at info at thekingshouse.church. And if you would like to give towards the ministry of the King's House, you can do so by visiting our website, thekingshouse.church slash giving. Or you can text any dollar amount to the number 84321 and simply respond to the prompt sent back to you. If you're ever around the area and want to visit, we meet every week at 124 V. Huber Smith Drive in McAllister, Oklahoma. You can even plan your visit ahead of time where you can reserve your seat, your parking spot, and even pre-check in your kids before arriving on the Sunday of your choice. Just fill out the quick form at thekingshouse.church slash plan your visit. Hey, we know life is busy, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you can catch all our latest messages, and we look forward to seeing you soon.